Kevin Mondro here, Coach Dro. Welcome back to the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast, the podcast where we advocate coaches and help young coaches learn from the coaches telling these stories. Today, we are talking to Coach Colin Shannon. Coach Shannon is currently the Director of Basketball Operations for Coach Greg Campy at Oakland University. And this summer, Coach Colin was promoted to this position by Coach Campy. This is a pretty cool, quick conversation. For starters, Coach Shannon is only 24 years old. However, I truly believe that his story can impact some younger coaches. If you're a student manager or graduate assistant or in a staff position or even thinking about entering the world of college basketball, then this conversation is for you. Coach Shannon has been with Oakland basketball since 2016. And Colin has had roles in the following capacities. Student manager, assistant video coordinator, and graduate assistant. And wait till you hear how Coach Collin was both a student manager and the head freshman and junior varsity basketball coach at Royal Oak Shrine High School from 2016 to 2020. Coach Shannon earned a bachelor's degree in English from Oakland in 2019. And I am so appreciative that Coach Shannon helped coordinate past podcasts with Coach Michael Covington, Coach Tony Jones, and Coach Jeff Smith. Without Colin's help, I would have not been able to come to Oakland and tell their coaching stories. I applaud Coach Colin on many levels. To have the amount of loyalty, love, and passion for Coach Campy, his coworkers, the players at Oakland, and Oakland University is really inspiring. Finally, you're going to hear that Coach Shannon truly wants to coach, and there's no doubt in my mind that he is making a lasting impact with Coach Campy's program. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening. Remember, we are everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Please keep telling your coaching friends about this podcast. The bigger audience we can create, the bigger impact we can make with younger coaches. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. By the way, if you need fall gear and uniforms, Check out my show notes below and connect with Moneyball Sportswear today. Enter the promo code DRO and gear up. And if you're looking for a book to read, I highly recommend the book Deep, The Life of Rob Murphy, Alive with Purpose. See my show notes for how you can secure a copy of this amazing book by Coach Murph. Finally, pre-order Rashad Phillips' book, Basketball Position Metric. Rashad Phillips breaks down how the evolution of basketball has called for updated terminology for player positions. See my show notes for how you can pre-order this new book by this incredible basketball mind. Enough of Coach Joe. Let's get to Coach Colin Shannon and tell his story. Colin, why do you coach? I coach for the moment of competition. Last year... During the summer, I'm a GA. You know, I'm trying to get a job anywhere because I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm working a bunch of camps, and I'm working the Butler basketball camp. And it's been a grind all summer, and I'm sleeping in a family friend's basement on a terrible cot. My back hurt. It was super cold. I was thinking to myself, what am I doing? I'm not making any money doing this. Like, I'm not having fun. What, like, why am I going through all this to coach? And so then the next day was, you know, the championship day. And it's camp, so it doesn't really matter if your team wins or doesn't. But that's how coaches are. And my team was in the championship. 
Our best player got double teamed. He swung it to our one of the worst players on the team. He banks in a three for the win. We win the championship for a Butler basketball camp. Everybody goes crazy. And like in that moment, I was like, this is why I'm doing it. This is why I'm sleeping in a basement in the cold on a cot because this is so you can't have anything that replicates this. If I want to make more money, there's other things I do to make more money. If I want to help people, there's other things I do to help people. But there is nothing in this world that I found that gives you that feeling. And when you're in competition in that moment, nothing like it. That's really cool. I remember the days back when I started coaching, I'd go to Duke camp, Michigan State camp. Talk me through your process of working camps. I just sent out a bunch of emails. Said, hey, can I work camp? Five of the 10 responded back, and those are the five I worked. And it's nice. you got to be able to, willing to drive five hours, six hours, and spend some money. you got to go in there thinking you're going to lose money. Because in the long run, you're building relationships, you're learning, and you're getting better as a coach. Because you get, even though it's a camp, you get to coach people in drills, you get to coach games, and you become better at your craft. So, Colin, who inspired you to be a coach? Larry King. So, I, when I was, I didn't even like basketball until I was like 10 years old. I had done some like YMCA stuff, but I was terrible. I didn't like it. And I went to a basketball camp because my dad worked at the, the gym and the guy made me love basketball. I have never been with a coach who made basketball more fun. And so that every time I try to coach and every time I'm coaching, I try to make it as fun as I can because that's why I like playing basketball, because not because he was the best coach in the world, but because he was the best coach in making it fun. How did he make it fun? How did Coach King make this impact in your life and change the way you approach coaching? It was through positive competition. We do it because you want to play. You want to have fun. You don't want to sit there and, you know, do drills for eight hours of camp. You want to play and you want to, when you lose, you also don't want someone being down you. You got you want someone bringing you back up. And that's who he was. Positive competition. So you were just named the director of basketball operations for Oakland University. Congratulations. Thank you. Who is Coach Greg Campy? So as a coach, Coach Campy is elite at three things. I've been thinking about this. Three things he's really elite at. The first one is, and this one's obvious that everybody knows, is offensively he has the best sets in the world. He knows when to call them. We'll have defenders thinking they're calling out the play, and then suddenly we backdoor him for a layup. It's the number one thing you can see on the court of how great he does it. Number two is he is an elite storyteller. He's the best storyteller I've been around. He knows how to talk to the players. He knows how to tell stories as a media, to athletic director, to assistant coaches, to his support staff. And you have to talk to all those people in different ways, and he knows how to. And like sometimes we'll come out of the locker room, and after he just gave a speech, and you're like, okay, that's why he's been doing this for 38 years. And then thirdly, he believes in ultimate freedom. And so he leaves in so much freedom for his players and his staff that it empowers some people to be great, and it crushes other people because not everybody can handle that freedom. But what I've noticed is, is that players who earn his freedom. So like if you've been here a couple of years and you've been yelled at for two years and suddenly now he trusts you 100%, they have this confidence that you can't break. And so it's like it's earned confidence. Because if you try to just give it to him the first second they walk in, it's not going to stay up when you're down 10 points. But once he's been through the battles of them and he gives you, if this guy who yells at everybody believes in me, then I have total confidence. Let's do a quick speed round. Who is Coach Jeff Smith? Coach Smith is a grinder. He works as hard as anybody, and he brings everybody else up to work as hard as they can, too. And he's also a defensive expert. He knows how to teach defense, and he knows about it. Who is Coach Tony Jones? He's the best mentor you could ask for. He looks out for me. He looks out for players. He just wants to help the youth, and you really, really appreciate that. And he's just a legend. I went to the Final Four with him, and you're walking down the street, and every single person's like, Tony, Tony, T. Jones, what's up? Yeah, he is. Who is Coach Michael Covington? He's incredibly charismatic. 
and he's a great basketball mind. There's not many people who can talk great like Cove. And so that brings bring him a long way, but he knows his stuff. So when you can talk like that and you know basketball, he's going to go a long way. So you've been with Oakland since 2016. Student manager, grad assistant, assistant video coordinator. What has been your mindset in approaching each of these positions? Let's start with student manager first. So I think as a student manager that helped me separate myself here is I think I was the first person here at Oakland to take manager like as a job. You know, I think people do that other places as well. But something that really helped me is that I decided to go to a school like Oakland that's smaller, um, mid-major. They didn't have someone like me in this role who took a manager as a job. And so I just really tried to learn everything I could. I tried to learn all the video stuff, all the facility stuff, everything I could learn so that as people left and support staff, as GAs left, as video coordinators left, I knew how to do their jobs. And so I just took on their responsibility. Summers were huge. Because our GA would leave, so we had no GA all summer. Maybe our video coordinator left. So Coach Campy had to learn my name because I was the only person here to uh, do stuff. And the thing is, is that if I had not learned how to do those things, then it wouldn't have mattered if I was here or not. That's great advice for younger coaches, specifically some student managers out there. How about when you transitioned to be a grad assistant? So I actually became an assistant video coordinator before I became graduate assistant. And I'll tell you why. It runs into this is because our video coordinator left in like October to go to the Grand Rapids Drive. So we didn't have a video coordinator. Campy said RGA and two managers said, hey, you guys just going to split the video coordinator role. We'll throw you a couple bucks. And because we knew how to do it, we didn't have to learn it. You didn't have to hire somebody else. And that gave me more responsibility and gave me my first time actually making money doing this because when someone left, we had the capability to do it. So let's stick with video. How did you become really good at this position? Like what was your mindset in approaching video? You have to go into your video coordinator and say, let me help you with anything. And if he says, sorry, I have nothing to do. He's like, teach me then. Give me a fake project that I can just work on. Our video coordinator had Jonathan Grinevich. He's now at the Text Legends. He helped me so much. He just gave me projects and projects to work on. And I, they didn't do anything. They didn't help us win at all, but made me better. And that's the kind of thing you got to do because they're not always going to have something for you because they have to do their jobs. But I think most people want to help you. And so if you ask them, they will. How do you guys utilize video here at Oakland? We don't actually watch a ton of film. We try to keep it light. We do about like 20 minute scouts for everything. And then, and so it's in each of our assistant coaches are in charge of it. And we work with the assistant coaches. So in my prior role as a graduate assistant doing video stuff, I would work with Jeff Smith and I'd give him a long hour long edit. He cut it down to 10 minutes and he'd show that to the team. So we're not, we don't watch as much film as a lot of teams because coach Campy likes to keep it light, keep everybody fresh. And so we don't go super long usually. How important do you think now that it is that you have now you've transitioned out of being the director of operations, but long-term goals, learning video, how does it make you feel that you have this skill now as you venture into this business and, and think about down the road? Well, it's a necessity. You have to have it. I mean, it's like knowing how to walk in this profession. If you don't know how to do it now and you're trying to break in, you're not going to get hired. You need video because no one wants to walk you through how to do this stuff. Even if it's little things, people don't have time. They don't want you to get in and have the ground running. And so if you're like a coach looking to get in, you have to know video. And so if you're like a manager, you don't expect to know it yet. So use that time as like a manager to learn it. Okay. So you just were promoted to the director of basketball operations. What has been your approach to attacking each day? I'm really just trying to learn because this is the first time in a long time that I felt like that I wasn't an expert in my job. Because I felt like I, you know, three years probably going to be a manager. I kind of knew what I was doing. But now I'm, there's so many things I'm learning. So I'm trying to stay humble. There's like, cause the thing at Dobo is that you're learning things from the budget guy, from facilities. 
from the person who does contracts and anything. So you're working with people you never worked with, doing things you've never done. So you have to listen to those people. You have to have them teach you the right way to have everything be done. And then another thing I'm trying to do is I'm really thinking about trying to be a connector of people, where I think as the operations role, I have to be the one who brings in the players, make sure they are happy with the way things are going. Everything operationally is the way they want it, the way Coach Campy wants it. I want to bring in alumni to feel like they're part of the program. I have to bring in marketing people to feel like they're part of the program, the training staff part of the program, is that everybody comes through me through communication, so I have to try to make sure that everyone feels like they're part of the program. Yeah, you're sort of chief of the staff for someone that's under 25. You don't have to get into specifics, but how have you dealt with crisis management fires? A long, long time ago, I was director of operations. <laughs> I just remember every day had a unique challenge. Some people embrace that. Some people really struggle with it. How have you handled this so far? It's a good question. Every single day, there's something. And something that Jennifer Swadaway, who just got promoted to associate athletic director here, and she's been here forever, she told me when I first got a job, there's a solution for everything. So, like, there really is, so far, nothing has not, you can't, everything can be negotiated. Everything can be fixed. You just got to be calm. You can't freak out when it happens. And it's hard not to because, you know, to call a coach champion and say, hey, something went wrong, and he's not going to be happy. But that's the reality of it. And being Getting upset, getting nervous is not going to fix anything. So you just got to stay calm and know that's going to happen because it's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. I love coaches who get promoted. I think it's a great example for younger coaches. How did you create this sense of belief that Coach Campy would empower you in this role? So I think first it's a testament to Coach Campy because I think like he wanted to help me, you know, and he was trying to help me get jobs. And we didn't know until our Director of Basketball Operations is going to leave before DJ Mosini. So I didn't think I was going to get this for the longest time. But he just tried to help me get a job so hard that I just got to give it up to him to give me a chance because he wanted to help me. But I think that I really tried to add value wherever I could where, because like I said, Coach Campy, he believes in this ultimate freedom. I can make my job description when I was a GA. And so like I started doing like an analytics program for us. And I spent tons and tons of hours doing tons of handwritten analytics because we don't have the newest sports code to do. We don't have the money to do all the analytics stuff on there. So I'm doing this by hand in an Excel sheet. I mean, I think that really opened Coach Campy's eyes for me because it just showed that I'd do anything to bring value to the program. And it's not like I'm an analytics guy. I was an English major in college. I'm not a math guy. I just did it because this is the thing I see that I can bring value to the program. What is analytics to you, Coach Collin? Analytics to me are measuring what matters to you. So the first thing I started with analytics was, like I talked about plays. I did points per possession for each one of our plays. And that's not complicated analytics, but that's something that Coach Campy really cares about, and it's going to take some time. And so then as it going on and on, I just kept trying to add things to what matters to us. Now we start running zone. Okay, so we want to measure what we do when we're in zone points per possession and what we do in man-to-man points per possession. Okay, we're pressing, pressing points per possession. Now we're trying to figure out lineups, so now we're doing lineups optimization. It's just figuring out what matters to your coach and measuring that. So how receptive, and obviously Coach Campy, Hall of Fame coach, you mentioned closing in on 40 years, incredible winning percentage, amount of wins, so forth. How receptive was he to this data that you presented him? Oh, incredibly receptive. And he loves analytics. And it was funny because I would write like takeaways on it. And sometimes in practice, he would say that my exact takeaway in a sentence, just like to the team. And I was like, okay, good. I'm actually, I get to make a difference here. But like he... He loves it. You know, I mean, he's not going to agree with every single thing on there, but it helps him make the decisions. Help me bring value to the team. Okay, so there is no doubt about it. You love Oakland. Why do you love this place so much? 
That's a good question. It was the only college I applied to out of high school as well. I went to Red Oak Shrine, and that was a small high school, 69 people. This is a mid-major. It's 20,000 kids, but it's only 2,000 that live on campus. I just like the small nature of it. I like the underdog nature of it. I like the small family. I know every single person in the athletic department. I'm friends with all of them, and that's what I like. I don't like being a one in a thousand. I like being one in a hundred and everybody knows each other. When you were an undergrad, you were the freshman and JV coach at Shrine. I was just looking up your record. You did really, really well. I think you might've been the youngest coach in the Catholic league at the time. That's awesome. Like, what did you learn about yourself as a coach at this early age? Learn about myself that you get to try to create the best possible outcome for the most possible people. And so that's different in JV basketball than it is for being a college basketball coach. But like for all the stakeholders, for the stakeholders for JV basketball, it was varsity coach, it was the players, it was the players' parents. And so it's not all about just winning because that's a bad experience for the kids on the bench. But it's not, you can't just play everybody evenly because that's a bad experience for the kids who are the better players who want to win. And so it's about massaging that middle of trying to figure out how you can make everybody feel a part of things how everybody have fun and create the best possible outcome for the most possible people. And I think I can bring that to college because it's like now there's a lot more stakeholders. So now the best possible outcome for the worst guy on your team, sorry, he can't play for 20 minutes because you want to make it better for him because you got fans, you got to create a good outcome for, you got athletic director, you got to create a good outcome for. But the JV level was about getting players better. It was about making sure everybody had fun. And I, it was a sign of success for me if I didn't get any complaints from parents. Right. Would you encourage someone who wants to get into the industry to coach first, to be a JV, to be a freshman high school coach? I would. This is what my caveat to it would be, though, is that I did coaching and being a manager, and it was a lot of work. I swear it almost killed me. But I was also really lucky because I had a varsity coach who believed in me. There's not there's not a lot of coaches who are going to let an 18-year-old do it. And I not because I was so good. It was just because like, he he's a good guy and just believed in me. And so if you can, I think it's almost more important to be in a program, because that's really how you get jobs is by knowing people. It's not always about how good you are, it's knowing people first. And so I wouldn't sacrifice being part of a program starting low to be a coach. But if you can do both, it's unbelievable. So you're obviously a high energy young man, great passion, obviously for Oakland. You want the players you coach to have fun, but how do you balance being super positive, optimistic, and also trying to get your point across and being a great teacher? So and I, this is something I only believe in teaching or competing. I think a lot of times in practice, coaches, we just play. We just do random things. We're playing where I don't, if we're doing a drill, we're teaching a skill that we have not done before. And if we're not doing that, we're competing. And that is, that's where you bring, because kids love to compete. Everybody loves to compete. So if you're competing enough in practice, everybody's going to have a good experience usually. And so I don't want to waste time going over a drill we've done a hundred times if they've learned that skill. We'll go play it and do that drill in live competition. So you mentioned video, you mentioned analytics. How else are you evolving as a coach? So I try to focus more on, because I think the basketball stuff will come, because what I've learned so far is that there's a lot of different ways you can win. There's a lot of different offenses, a lot of different defenses. So I'm really trying to work on myself. Like I listen to a ton of audiobooks about self-help. The Obviously the original, then my number one favorite is how to win friends and influence people. If there's one thing I could tell anybody, if you listen to that book like that or read that book, it's unbelievable because so much of this is just interpersonal skills. And so and that's interpersonal schools, coaching your players, 
that's getting jobs, getting people to like you. It's just that to me is more important than knowing every single offensive set that the NBA teams ran in the playoffs. And like right now I'm, I'm listening to a book about breathing, how important breathing is. And so like, just like little things that like can improve me as a person. I think I'll improve me as a coach. Well, give me an example about breathing. How has it improved you as a person and well, as a coach? That's why I'm reading the book. I'm only in the introduction right now. I started yesterday. For example, if I'm nervous during this interview, I'm breathing in through my nose, out through my mouth, and I'm calming down so I can give a better interview to Coach Mondro. Well, obviously that'll help if there's a situation where Coach Campy maybe gets a little exactly. <laughs> irritated. The last thing on this whole submerging yourself into this industry, like Colin, where do you see yourself? Obviously you're going to do an incredible job for coach Campy this year and the staff and the players, you know, the end goal this year is to get to the NCAA tournament and make a big splash. But like, what's the long-term goal for you, coach Shannon, like five, 10 years, like what are you envisioning dreaming about? Like, where do you want to go in this business? If I could do anything, I'd be the head coach at Oakland university, but you know, we got a long time for that. And so I try not to get myself to focused on what I want, what I'm expecting to happen, and just do my job every day. Because if I expect my path to go a certain way, it's probably not going to go that way. It hasn't gone the way I thought it was going to go so far. And I look around, everybody else has done it. Just weird twists and turns happen. So I just got to keep doing my job and just get better as a person and just let fate take me. I always end the podcast, what are some simple tips for young coaches? So this question actually is what I worry about the most because – you know, I'm 24 years old. Who am I to tell people what's the best tip? But a reason why, and I, so I worry about the whole interview because of this, because I'm 24, should I really be doing interviews telling people stuff? But, and I'll tell you why I did the interview and didn't say no, was because for some reason, a couple of weeks ago, I had never checked my spam folder. And I was like, you know what? For some reason, I just feel like I should check it. I checked my spam folder, and there's an email from Coach Mondro sitting in my spam folder asking to interview the Oakland basketball staff. And I couldn't, I, I was like, that's a sign that I should do this. Because I would have never looked at my spam, but something told me to. But if I had to say something, because I will give you something, because but I, I don't think I can have a whole manifesto on what it is to be a good coach. My best networking tip would be to go to practices. And I didn't really find this out till last year, but I started going to a bunch of practices. And you get FaceTime with these coaches that you wouldn't believe. FaceTime, you will not get working at camp. FaceTime, you will not get going to the Final Four. I mean, I went to Michigan practice, and Juwan Howard pulled up a chair and talked to me for 30 minutes. You go to Michigan State, Dwayne Stevens talked to me for 20 minutes. You know, go to Butler, Laval Jordan comes talk to you. And it's like, if you try to get this guy in the Final Four walking down the street, and try, there's no way you're going to talk to him. And so you go to practice, you get to learn what they get to do, and then you also get to talk to great coaches and meet them. So that's my number one tip. Well, Colin, I'm very appreciative that you took some time out and did this and helped me interview all the Oakland assistant coaches. But the one thing about this podcast, the beauty of this is we're here to inspire other young coaches. And sometimes you have to hear other young coaches have some success. Your examples, the one thing I, I applaud you on is you have some concrete standards, beliefs that you've already formulated. So maybe that will inspire another young coach to do the same. Secondly, you have a passion and a loyalty for your boss, his assistants, or your coworkers, and then this university. So that should be applauded. You know, I just wanted to talk to you to inspire maybe a student manager to continue with this and to continue to believe. And if you really want to do it like you're doing, to put two feet forward. But I think the biggest thing I've taken away from you is you're trying to grow as a person. And, I, you know, this this podcast is not the end all, but we're just trying to help people grow. So, Colin, I am appreciative of your time. 
I really am appreciative that you would share your experiences to help some young coaches. No problem at all. Thank you so much for coming to interview me and the rest of our staff. We all have been so excited about it all week, so really appreciate you. And if any young coaches have any questions or need some help, please reach out to me. My email's on our website. Just look up Oakland Basketball Staff. Please reach out. Thanks, Colin. Thank you. That was a great conversation with Coach Shannon. Here are some things that I love that Coach Collin said. And why does Coach Collin coach? Coaches for the moment of competition. And I love his Butler basketball camp story. This is why I do it. And you can't have anything replicate this feeling. On who inspired Coach Collin to coach? Coach Larry King inspired me to coach. He made basketball fun. And because of Coach King, I try to make coaching fun through positive competition. On who is Coach Greg Campy? Coach Campy is a lead at three things. He has the best basketball set in the world. He is an elite storyteller and he believes in ultimate freedom. On his co-workers, Coach Smith is a grinder. Coach T. Jones is the best mentor you could ask for and Coach Covington knows his stuff. On his mindset on being a manager, he took being a manager like as a job. He learned everything he could and he knew how to do other jobs when support people left the program. On Coach Collins' mindset in video, he always asks, let me help you with anything. Teach me. Give me a fake project if you don't have anything for me. We keep it light with film here at Oak Coach Campy likes the team to be fresh. Video is a necessity on being a new director of basketball operations. Just trying to learn, trying to stay humble, trying to be a connector of people for the players, for Coach Campy, for alumni, and on and on and on. On crisis management, there is a solution for everything. You have to remain calm. On analytics, he did it to bring value to his job and to the program. Analytics to Coach Collin is measuring what matters to you. On being a JV coach at Shrine, Coach Collin was the head coach when he was 18. His goal was to create the best possible outcome for the most possible people, the stakeholders. Pretty interesting phrase that he mentioned a few times. Other great thoughts from Coach Collin. He only believes in teaching or competing. Coach Collin is currently listening to audiobooks on self-help. Coach Collin is for sure trying to improve as a person. He just tries to do his job every day. And Coach Collin's best network tip is to go to college practices. And at these practices, you'll have an opportunity to get FaceTime with coaches. Thank you, Coach Collin. Colin Shannon for sharing your story. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. And if you're looking for high-quality athletic gear and uniforms, check out Moneyball Sportswear. Can't say this enough. You need a new book to read this fall. You have to grab a copy of the book Deep, The Life of Rob Murphy, Alive with Purpose. Finally, if you're looking for another amazing book, pre-order Rashad Phillips' book, Basketball position metric. Stay safe. I can't say this enough. Be you. Keep coaching and see you on the next episode of the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast.